Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hello, Evertonians. Welcome back once more to the Toffee Web Podcast. It's Tuesday evening as you record, two days on from Everton's frustrating home defeat to Manchester United. I'm joined by Adam, returning champion Paul, to discuss that and look ahead to our visit to Tottenham at the weekend. Uh, I don't know about you, fellas, but uh, whereas I was fairly philosophical about the result on, sun- on Sunday in the context of last season and the rebuilding job that's underway under Frank Lampard, the more time I've had to dwell on it since, the more disappointed I am that we didn't take something from that game on Sunday, um, especially the way we started. Um, how about you, Paul? Yeah, I'm, I'm not too not too down about the game, to be honest. I thought, um, yeah, you're right. It, it, I think the, frustrate, the frustration is the, is the mistakes which led to the goals for me. I mean, there was... You can pick apart the first half performance and complain about it a bit because it, 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 it was poor. I don't think it was for, for, for lack of effort. Just sometimes, <laughs> you just sometimes not at it. It's just the way it is sometimes. And man, you really, really were like way, way, you know, they were way up for it, and you know they, they they kept possession well, and we just made some silly mistakes. That I actually went to the game with a few uh, a few Man U fans as well. They were in the way end, but like uh, a few lads who live locally, and we end the game catch up with them after the game. And like oh, I was just so frustrated that our goals came from mistakes. They went, yeah, but your goal also came from a mistake, which is fair as well. Yeah, albeit a really good finish by um by Iwobi. So it's just frustrating to um I was just thinking as we as we were going through the half time, I was uh, sorry through towards half time. I was thinking, well, we haven't played well, but if we can just hang in there till the break and then maybe regroup a little bit, then yeah, we're, we're you know, um we okay. And then to concede quite close to half time was a bit frustrating. But I just remember going at half time thinking we're in the game. We perhaps don't deserve to be, but we're in the game here. You know what I mean? And, and it nearly sometimes you can play, you know, not play so well and get a result. And it was nearly the case, wasn't it? I mean, at the, at the end, at least they, they had a bit of a go. And I wasn't too disappointed to be honest. And I think in the bigger picture. Can't complain too much the way the last sort of like uh, 
you know, five, six games have gone really. Um, and yeah, well, I guess on to the next one, but that spurs away. <laughs> it's it's going to be very, very <laughs> difficult. But, uh, yeah. Yeah. But I think generally it's, um, you know, it's more positive than negative for sure this season. So, uh, yeah, not too much to complain about really for me. Yeah, I'd echo all of that. I think it, it does, the longer you reflect on it, it does feel like an opportunity missed because even though uh, Manchester United played really well, created chances, I mean, even before the Iwobi goal, they'd, they'd kind of been in a few times and, and looked looked for more lively, looked for more active with the ball. Um, it, it does still, yeah, feel like that... That sort of, you know, we really let them play the way they wanted to play. We certainly let the likes of Ericsson and Casemiro have time and space on the ball, um, especially in that first half. Um, it, it, it could only get better from a mistakes point of view and from a pressing point of view after the second half. And it did, just just not enough, really. Um, but that first half, we gave them so much time. Ericsson was picking up so many good positions. Um they looked dangerous every time he came forward. And when we did get the ball, more often than not, we we find a way to lose it um, without really troubling them. We were relying on the occasional free kick out wide from Gray to sort of bide our time and catch catch a breath, really. Um I said to Paul just before we started, it, it was it was it was great for five minutes. I, I mean, I, I was there, and I, and I felt like I'm 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 going to be at one of those nights. Um, went to a game, my little sister who's heavily pregnant, so it was touch and go whether she could come. It was a bit like getting on a plane, um, making sure she'd go with doctors before and stuff. And uh, yeah, after five minutes, I was like, yeah, the baby's going to be called a Wobi. Um, we're going to be talking about this for years to come, um, and then yeah. It, it almost instantly after the goal, there was that dreaded sense that yeah, if this goes on, <laughs> if, if if this goes on, then we, we're probably going to be lucky to get a point out of it because we we sat back so quickly and really just invited the pressure. Um, however, the positive spin on that is if we're feeling disappointed about dropping points against Manchester United uh, at this stage of the season, it it probably shows that we've shown something in our performances that we can compete with those kinds of sides. Um, it wasn't like last season where it was backs to the wall. We had to win. Uh, this was more of a free hit. We looked like we, we you know, like I say, after five minutes, maybe, maybe that was going to be the case, but no, we come away from it. We dust ourselves down. Um, it wasn't the worst performance. And maybe in, in some regards, it'll, it'll, give us that kind of tighter base to build on for what's coming up as a, a really tough away fixture where we're going to need to be tight. And as we saw last season, uh, if we're not, then uh, we can we can really be punished down there. So um, may, may, maybe it'll, it'll give us that extra focus and go back to basics. I think you mentioned that in your match report, Lynn, about going back to that sort of base at, at defence. Uh, and midfield, rather than sometimes trying to play our way out of trouble a bit, like we did on the on Sunday night. Yeah, that was interesting. Thing we did try and play out um, when I think the tactic over the previous couple of weeks had been trying to leverage Onana's height, you know, getting the ball forward to him, and we didn't really do that this time. Um, I think it's it's emblematic of of the way that Frank Lampard's trying to change the way that we play. Um, and it's I, I, actually one of the questions that we got um, 
via uh, Twitter today was, you know, how, how do we, how does this team develop to the next stage? And I think Lampard's trying to figure that one out right now. Um, and I think Sunday's performance is perhaps um, the teething problems that go with that, uh, because we still, we didn't look really like we had a plan when we had the ball. Um, and a lot, a lot of that came down to the midfield, which, you know, it's one that we've really kind of lauded as, as some of us have lauded as the, um, as almost like the, the midfield with the perfect balance. But I think Sunday showed that um, there's still not a set plan there. It seemed to be that Onana and, and Idrissa Gay were rotating in and out of a more that more defensive role. And maybe that's because, you know, Idrissa Gay isn't this sitting number six that, you know, we, we perhaps thought that he was, and not that he ever was with us the first time around, but maybe we thought because now that he's older, um, that maybe that would be the role that, that he fulfilled. And he was obviously for the first goal caught far too far forward um, playing very casually in the center circle with a Wobi. Um, and it only took, you know, one pass with, with Mikalenko cheating to go down the wing and we lose the ball. And then he's immediately out of position and we get caught cold. So yeah, I think that's the, um, that's the thing that he has, he, that Lampard's going to have to work on now is how do we, particularly against the better teams, how do we play through them? Um, and, how do we kind of make make the most of what attacking tools we have at our disposal? I think Calvert-Lewin coming on added a different dimension. Um, and I'm, if, fingers crossed he can stay fit because we are going to need that different dimension because you know, Neil Mopé barely had a kick. Um, and you know I think it was probably right that he came off in the end because he'd, he'd done okay in the press. And I think the team as a whole did well in the press, which is where I kind of take issue with some people saying that there was a lack of effort. I don't think there was a lack of effort. I just think there was a lack of effectiveness, particularly with the ball. So, um, yeah, just a, a bad day at the office and unfortunately not, not the one that you want ahead of two difficult away games. Yeah, that's for sure. I thought Mopé got bullied a bit um, by, by their centre-backs really. Um, it, it looked pretty easy for them really. And, uh, yeah, Dominic made the difference there, didn't he? Hopefully, uh, you, you get a bit of a bit of a run of games now. Well, I don't know. You, you get the feeling he's still a bit away. He's going to need a bit, uh, still a bit more patience. I can't. I couldn't see him starting at this stage at Tottenham. You know what I mean? But maybe he gets. What did he have? Twenty minutes the other night? Maybe about thirty minutes, or you know, whatever. We can give him at Spurs, and then maybe next game you get him forty-five, and you're a bit better than the man. Maybe by the time we get into Palace. Uh, it's an hour, yeah. I mean, etc., cetera, etc., cetera. and just better than him in. And at least we got Mope. It wasn't his best, but probably, but that was probably his, 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 uh, the worst of his performances so far. But it was, you know, tough defenders up against that Martinez for for his. Uh, everyone talks about his size. He's one gritty, gritty, solid. He must be hard as nails. That guy. He's a real tough, tough customer. And uh, I think Mope struggled against against him. Um, yeah, it's just uh, like you say, bad day at the office. What can yeah, um, you can pick it apart all you want, but <laughs> that's the end of it, isn't it? You um, yeah, draw a line under it, on, draw a line under it, I suppose. Um, frustrating having gone, I think having gone ahead is probably the biggest frustration, and then surrendering the goals as simply as we did. It just again frustrated me a little bit last uh, couple. Of, I mean, he's he's done a lot of good things away at Southampton, particularly. Less so against Man United, and he is a good presence. But I think it's it's two games and two two goals he's cost us by being very sloppy in possession. Um, so we'll say on his run wasn't quite right at Southampton, but 
I don't know, still wasn't a great pass, and yeah, it was very slack giving the ball away there. And I did say to my mate at the game at the time, God, if Tom Davis would have done that, Jesus, the whole, you know, I think everyone would have gone, yeah, yeah would have gone ballistic at him, you know. Um, I'm not advocating how Davis should be in, Adrissa should be out, but, and I think he's a, um, He's a, he, I think he's a solid enough pro to sort of he'd be disappointed himself. I, I, I think he'll get them, get rid of their mistakes himself. He'll be more annoyed, disappointed than anybody will be about that. And I think we'll see a better adjusted guy or less, less of their mistakes moving forward. I think he's been, he'll, he's found the hard way twice now. So I think he'll be a bit more focused moving forward. It will be his mistake. You got to let him off. How could he possibly have a go at our best player this season? It's yeah, you know, he's, he's losing the ball in an attacking area. What he was trying to do, I'm not too sure. I don't know, <laughs> but like, nevertheless, you have to sort of let him off because he's been doing so well. And and honor, yeah. I think we said all the time, he needs games. Um, he's just gonna have to learn. He's he's, he's got to work on his heading for his size. He's getting into you know good areas and not you know he had a really good chance, didn't he, in the second half of his head and uh, put it way wide, I think. And he's getting into good areas and not getting getting a thing. And it does remind me of Fellaini a bit when he came, is he was he was similarly struggling to just get to get adapt to the pace and get things right. And uh, if we get the same, if we get anything like the player, the impact Fellaini had, then we done really really well. And I think we'll get a good player in an honour. But as we said, he's a young lad who needs time. But I think that's the right midfield three. Let's not go mad because they lost, you know, because we lost the game there. Um, but I think we have got to accept that it's going to take a bit of time for them to gel because they're all been thrown together quite quite quickly and particularly on honor being so young so maybe maybe frank's got to be a bit more streetwise and maybe he's got to be a bit more smarter and pull players out a bit more sometimes and, and replace the corley would have been useful i don't know why he wasn't on the bench the corley presume there's some sort of problem like injury or something like that i'm not sure um um because I, I just felt not that i'm as probably his biggest fan of corley but i felt he could have driven us on a bit more in that second half i thought we were missing something in the middle there would have been a useful sub to have but um Garner was decent, I thought. I'd be interested to see how he gets on. Yeah. I was going to say, I think he actually came on and made a difference. Um, and I think that Lampard is clearly seeing things from him in training that 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 sort of made him confident that he could bring him on and make a difference. Um, he certainly um, was looking to get it forward, which obviously we needed to do at that stage of the game. Um, but uh, I, I think with Idrissa Gay, I was, as I was watching it and the, the commentators on the international feed were talking about how Casemiro was struggling to adapt to the pace. I almost feel like Adrissa Gay is still not readapted. I think he's still in league league arm mode where you can you can take your time and you can you know you can pass a lazy ball out to a to someone who's going to be a player who's going to be close to you and it's probably not going to be intercepted because the game is not quite quite as quick. Um, and so yeah, I don't think the I th- I obviously think that's the that's the the midfield three that you need. I just think it needs to be. I think the roles need to be a bit more defined, particularly between Onana and Gay. Um, and as far as Onana is concerned, I just I want to see him have a bit more confidence with the ball at his feet to, to sort of drive it at defenses now um, to keep the tempo up. I think he I feel like he tends to slow the ball, uh, slow the game down a bit too much at times. When you know, given his size and and his he's got great feet. You know he can, and he he can cause problems, and I don't think we we did that to United enough. Um, and and finally, just on going back to Mope, he's a, you know he's a he's an inside the box poacher more than you know more more than not. And we, I think we had some one of the one of the fewest amount you know one of the fewest numbers of touches in the opposition box for quite a while. Um, and you know if you're not <laughs> if you can't feed your main striker in the box, you're not going to score goals. 
Yeah, again, I'd agree with all that. I think um, I think Anana at times almost looked as though he was time wasting uh, when we were two one down. He looked that kind of casual, but then sometimes that helped because there were other players around him who seemed a little a little too rushed on the ball. Um, I think he, he's very young, as is James Garner. I, I, I agree. I think James Garner, when he came on, um, looked really positive with the ball. And if that's someone who we can bring on in games like that to drive us forward, if we're, say, level and chasing a winner, great. Um, looked really fresh. I mean, he, the, the ball come shot that he put in, uh, that De Gea tipped away, um, was probably the best moment we had late on. Um, and I thought he and McNeil did did, did well. Um, didn't didn't pull up any trees, but did well, and that strength in depth um, will will serve us well if there are players who do make little mistakes. But I think I think it might have been last week we said that there hasn't really been any sort of poor performances for a while. I don't think anyone had a real stinker on Sunday, but it was it was more sixes across the board, wasn't it? Um, it it was it was less of what we've been seeing, which has been some players really on top of the game and everyone else just really kind of solid in there. I think quite a few players were sloppy at times on the ball, but a few times where Coleman let it run out and you could feel the frustration of the crowd because he just wanted to get it going. Um, and likewise, Gordon, who had sort of one of those days we've not seen from him in a while. Um, but not the worst performance. And again, those options off the bench against side to aren't as accomplished as Manchester United. Yes, they've had a few poor results recently. Um, and yes, they're not the Manchester United of old that we were maybe reminiscing about uh, beating back in the day. But they have still got some really dangerous players. Um, Anthony looked threatening for the entire game really quick. Um, and when when they were swapping wings um, early on, um he and I think it was Martial and, and Rashford when he was on as well. Um, they were they were causing us a lot of problems, uh, causing the fullbacks problems, and that restricted the way we played out as well. So I, I I don't think we can beat ourselves up too much for it. It's it's one of those days. We scored a good goal. We didn't get humiliated at home. Um, I think we will learn from it, and and I think as, as you as you both alluded to with um, with Garnagay. I think he's another who, as he reintroduces himself to the Premier League, um, hopefully he can steer Anana through things as well. Um, it won't be, bar that one mistake, can't really do wrong at this point in time. So I don't think there's reason for for panic, but I'm I'm sure some people will be like, yeah, we need to bring James Garner and Decore and go go to a four four two. I don't know. There's there's all sorts of ways you could panic after a defeat, but I I don't think we need to. Um, I just think we do need to regain that composure that we started to see in some of the games recently, both on the ball and how we press. Um, like you say, Lina, not not for a lack of effort, but sometimes uh, the way that press started, uh, particularly out wide, uh, we ended up giving the likes of Shaw so much room to run onto, um, yeah. which which we didn't we didn't get the same treatment. Uh, the outlet was always going to be coming from Gordon and Gray. And once that supply line was cut off, you'd often find those guys running into blind alleys and not really being able to affect the game. So that's that's something to learn from. But I, th- I think we're probably better suited 
to play the likes of Spurs, who are at home, who have been tight recently, but not necessarily uh, doing teams lots of damage, certainly in the way they did with us last season. Um, if we're allowed to sort of sit back and soak up some of that pressure and hit them on the break with whoever we've got out wide, I think we'll cause them problems. So if we can get the other bits of the game right um, and improve from Sunday, then I feel cautiously optimistic. But I feel like I say, I feel cautiously optimistic a lot. But <laughs> <laughs> catch phrase. As cautiously optimistic as the Everton way. <laughs> I suppose, isn't it? It's the only way to be optimistic. <laughs> if I recall, I think like last, uh, obviously it was like uh, late events of the season, we had Spurs away last year. I've, I've seen someone like saying on the podcast, I think we're going to win that. Or I've seen someone saying, I think we'll get a result there. And obviously we got walloped 5 0. So uh, I'm sure the game won't be anything like as bad as that this weekend. I think we'll see a marked improvement on last season's performance there coming into this weekend. I'm interested to see how much he shuffles his pack about these next few games, if at all. Um, we have what like three games of the week, pretty much. Um, be interesting to see what what happens. We just mentioned some of the you know the players like Garner who could come in and some players who've had a you know not been not, not been quite there these last few games. Anthony Gordon suspended, isn't he already for this game? I was surprised yeah. to be. Mm. That that must be one of the earliest like collection of five yellow cards that's that's ever occurred. I mean, that's um. <laughs> Really for a winger. <laughs> He's been picking up yellow cards on a game on a nearly weekly basis, so he was coming. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so that's a, so yeah, so Mac Neil's in for that one. That's um, that, uh, that, that that's a dead cert, isn't it? I think. Um, yeah, so we'll see what else he shuffles his pack in midfield. Maybe maybe not so much on Saturday, but then the following game, depending on you know just quite a quick turnaround of matches. So, be interested to see how much he uses his squad, particularly in midfield, this next uh, this next week or so. Yeah, well, if if Calvert Lewin is available, I, I don't think he'll be available to start. I agree with you that we should just try and phase him back in. But if he is, then you do have that option of of starting with him and Mope, which then eliminates one wing position. And I think, um, you know, there's there's obviously been some conversation about Anthony Gordon and his form, and maybe he's the one that does that does step back um, and gets a chance to kind of reassess where he's at this season. Um, I mean, and there's also the option of if he wants to bring Ghana into the, um, into the starting 11 that he pushes a Wobi forward. Spurs away is probably not the game to do that, but I think that that is an option um, that you could do or experiment with even in-game, maybe later in a second half or something, depending on how we're doing. Um, but yeah, I mean, <laughs> at Spurs, we've got, to, we've got to approach that in a completely different way than we did last season. And as you said, Paul, I'm pretty sure that Lampard will. I mean, that was, I think that was a, uh, a real eye-opener for him. But uh, okay, I, yeah. I can't play the way I want to play with this set yeah. of players, and he still doesn't have the team to do that. You know, it's gonna it's gonna take him a while. So yeah, that's true. It's such an Anthony Gordon there. Yeah, I mean, I was, I was a bit disappointed to hear like uh, it feels like he's, he's starting to get the you know the, the rough end of the stick from the crowd a little bit. I thought I got this on um on Sunday night. He's starting to become one of the boot you know one of the the boo boys, which always seems to happen to the local players now. I don't know if this was because of uh, did, did he take his like Everton stuff off off his social media or something? Did he like um, when he didn't get his move? I don't know if people are reading too much into that, or was it just this case where I've never understood it, where like the load the the, 
the, the local lads seem to get all the jip. We had it with with, with Osman and Hibbert. And yeah, I mean, you probably think of a lot of other examples as well. And obviously now it's, uh, I hope that's not going to become an ongoing thing with Anthony Gordon because he's, he started the season really well. He's, he's had a bit of a dip for a couple of games. I don't think that's reason to sort of, you know, I, I don't really think it should be up for too much discussion, really. He's a young lad who's had a big impact last season. Got a, maybe a bit of time out the side might not be the worst thing for him. Just uh, let him, you know, let him get it. Sure, we, sh- we should have expected that, that, the, that there would be lulls in his game. Yeah, you know I mean, and uh, particularly after the efforts he made last season. So yeah, I'm a little bit disappointed to, to hear people sort of not booing him as such, but you can hear this sort of like real oh, angst when he's making. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I really hope that doesn't become a thing because we seem to do that too much. Um, so it'd be a shame if that happened. I do wonder if some of that was the context for him starting the game because McNeil, as the match winner from the last game, might have been the more sensible choice. Um, say that in hindsight, I guess. But to bring Gordon back in was a, a big show of faith from Lampard. Obviously, it might have been in relation to how he saw the game panning out tactically as well. Um, and I know Gordon and Gray switched wings a few times. Um, but... To, to bring him back into the fold and then for him to have a very quiet, ineffective game, I guess maybe that could feed into those fr- frustrations. But I think you're right, yeah, as, as well as those players. I mean, we saw it with Barkley, didn't we? Um, yeah. to, to, to a large extent. And I think it's it'll be, it'll be interesting to see how he responds to that, um, whether it helps him to grow and mature and he's got the bit between his teeth when he comes back and he's got a point to prove or whether it does start to weigh down his confidence. Um, it'll be interesting to see. Like you say, he started the season really well, and we're all saying, wow, 60 million, he's not even worth, he's worth more than that. You know, he's, he's <laughs> indispensable. And all of a sudden, he then becomes his pariah who, <laughs> you know, you, you, you're pinning all your frustrations against. So that's football, isn't it? It's, it's, a, it's a fickle business. I think he'll, it might do him, do him well to sit out the game, uh, obviously with suspension. See how McNeil does. Um, again, when he came on, he he, he looked bright. He he, he tries to get involved, um, but we, we weren't creating a lot late on, were we? I don't think, um, even, even if Gordon was on one of those days, I don't think there was enough around him going forward that we would have really affected the game um, in the way we maybe hoped we would. Uh, apart, from, apart from that break, that quick turnover for the goal, um, we needed more of those moments and they just didn't really come. Um, so I think that's why we just have to chalk it up and say, yeah, come back stronger next time. Um, I think I think going back to the sort of idea of development and how, um, how the team's going to evolve, I guess having those different flexible plans for different sorts of opposition is, is maybe part of it. Last season, we had to find Lampard experimented with different ways and then he eventually hitched on a plan uh, to sort of keep things tight and and grind out results. And it, it worked through sheer force of will and um, some really battling performances. Um, but this year, we have tried different things. We've tried three at the back. Not necessarily a success, but it was something... Um, we've now hitched on this pretty fluid midfield three, um, which has looked good sometimes. But as you say, Lyndon, in, in the game on Sunday, would it have been better to have a more um, disciplined 
number six, uh, particularly with the likes of Ericsson picking up pockets of space, possibly. Um, and and also as the season goes on, we're going to have injuries. I think a, a lot of people have alluded to it, but um, Patterson's injury in games like that really, really does kind of hit home because he, he did give us an extra attacking outlet um, mm-hmm. on that right-hand side, um, which Coleman, although... Uh, yeah, he tried gamely, and I thought he he played pretty well from an attacking point of view on uh, in, in the game at Southampton. Didn't didn't get a chance to do that against United, which um, is to be expected, really. Um, but yeah, I think I think that development might be as well as um, as well as trying to be more confident. Uh, what, what was that thing Lampard said early on in training? Enjoy the ball, enjoy the ball. Kept mm-hmm. saying enjoy the ball. Uh, we've started to a bit more. Um, I feel like that's part of it, but. Maybe it will be having those those different plans, uh, games where the likes of James Garner come in because we know he's the person for the job rather than um, we have a set system and that's that. I think the issue with um, with Gordon is weight of expectation. I think now after the summer shenanigans, you know, it's his um, the combination of his performances at the end of last season and then obviously the this massive transfer bid. From uh, from Chelsea, I think has just changed changed the uh, at least not in practice the trajectory of his career, but I think the expectation of where his career is supposed to go. Um, and as you say, I think he's going to need more time to develop his game and, and and improve as a player. And and from that perspective, I think that you know if if he does if he does end up being used as more as a sub for the next few games, that might not be the worst thing in the world. Just get him get, to get back into a groove. Um, just in general, I think in terms of the next step of development, it's going to need another piece or two in the attacking third. I think we need, we just need more creativity, um, mm. full stop. We need more reliable creativity than, um, I mean, Damari Gray, when he does great things is he's brilliant, but it's, it's, he's not reliable. You know, you can't always um, guarantee that he's going to make the right, right decision or pick the right ball. Um, so n- another option in that, you know, it's going to have to have to come in the transfer window if we if we have money to spend. But I feel like that, um, and I'm sure Lampard is 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 itching to add, you know, more to the to the top end of the field that can really make a difference. I think that's that's a key next step if we can get it done. Yeah, we're, we're quite blunt in attack, aren't we? Let's face it. But you know, we're not scoring many goals. It's, it's, it's as simple as that. It's. Um, been the case all season, really. You're right. There's, I mean, if you look at the, I mean, let's look at the combined value of what we've what we've spent on 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 that entire strike force. That mid, you know, is you know, how much was Dwight McNeil? Like, I don't know. I don't even know how much he was. Like fourteen million or something like that. It was fifteen. Yeah, fifteen. <clears throat> probably not enough. Most of which wouldn't have been up front. Up front, I wouldn't have thought. Five five million up front. So. Yeah. It's almost a loan. It's almost a loan fee, you know. <laughs> right, yeah. It's like Gordon development player, um, Damari Gray, two million euros. So what was that? One point seven million pound, whatever it was. Mm-hmm. Andros yeah. Sands M three and injured. Rondon, nothing, yeah. Calvert Lewin, one point five million or whatever it was. Yeah, you know I mean, Mope, seventeen mil, not even less than that, sorry. Um yeah, you know, it's not a lot, is it? That that has been that's been uh, spent a lot, of that. and it's, it's amazing actually. That, you know, we, we managed to get uh, the play that we got from Dominic Carvalho after such a such little uh, transfer output. But um, 
it's just that yeah, there's just not been sort of much expenditure in in, in that area really. And um, I, I'm actually finding myself really really impressed with Damari Gray. If nothing else, because he, he is working very hard. He is he is he is giving everything to Marvy Gray and, and fair play. And he's he's probably the one looking the most likely to create any to create something. But you're right, Linda, it's he's not consistent enough at it. You know, it's just too much. Um, yeah, he, he just can't get it right all the time. Yeah, maybe a little bit of a run of games from Dwight. It might we might see a bit more um, from that. But yeah, it's it's clear to everyone that just uh, we just need need better options and attack. I'm sure that'll be the um, I'm sure that'll be what you uh, you know. What 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 they'll be looking at, and it's kind of what you do, I suppose, isn't it? Though you you know you you build from the back, and you you know you you, you get your defense sorted first, and yeah, we largely largely done that. We've got a good keeper, we've got a good we've got good defenders now. He's you know, he's built up that midfield, he's bolstered that midfield a bit better. The next stage will be attack, I'm sure. You know what I mean? So it's you know we're never going to get it all right this summer, and, and as we all said in the summer, um, yeah, we. Bite the hand off, and it's still the case. Let's be fair. We bite the hand off. Eleventh, twelfth, thirteenth, whatever place you know it is. There, okay. You get a few results. You get a bit greedy. You can't help it. It's yeah. You you, you want more. Yeah, you know, we'll be talking off uh, maybe on a. Oh God, I said it now. Um, about maybe having one more European campaign at Goodison Park. Maybe that's unlikely to happen by by, by the league. You never know in the cup, but uh. Yeah, it's just one of them. It's going to take time, and given the way last season was, we just have to accept that, you know. Um, I'm sure that's what they're looking at next is uh, how to improve the attacking areas. Um, and yeah, it'd be interesting to see what they go and do. Whether they can in January, we'd look at, can they can they get any more loans in? Um, how many loans have they take, have they got in? Um, I think we have one more international loan spot, right? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Right, so um, there might be an option there if, if the purse strings are tight. Who knows? But we'll uh, we'll have to see. But yeah, I'm sure that's what they're looking at next because the rest is is kind of a lot of the way there. I'd say, or at least the the right personnel to be a lot of the way there over time. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, I guess the question is, what sort of player um, would you like to see up there? Um, Would it be another out and out winger? Would it be? a sort of number 10 figure to drift in? Would it be another type of striker? Goal scoring, goal scoring winger, I think. Yeah. Someone like, you know, honestly, I don't know much about him. I just know his reputation, but that Cody Gakpo who can create goals and score Mm. goals, um, you know, an assist machine who can also weigh in with a fair share of goals. That's the kind of player. Because it just gives you that versatility that you're not, you're not, you know, pegging everything on an out and out striker. You got yeah. someone who you can move across the front line if you need to, which in our situation we need. Who's that? Um, who's that Brazilian lad at Spurs? He'd be handy. <laughs> so uh, some of a Charles, some of a Charleston. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> sorry. Yeah. It's been a long day. <laughs> but that's the that's the levels that we've missed, isn't it? I mean, that's the you know that's the difference in quality that we had to what we haven't now, and I guess that's uh, that's that's the the glaring hole, isn't it? That's uh, that's not there anymore. Um, so and yeah, it's just what we need to address, and I'm sure they will. Um, just uh, takes time, and normally a lot of money to to, to invest in these players and um, these sort of players, and how we got that. It might just be having to be really really clever in the transfer market, and. Uh, yeah, we'll have to see how we go. 
Yeah, I don't think we'd have any arguments about the the order in which they've they've addressed things. You know, get the defense sorted because that was number one priority from last season. Fix the midfield, which again was another big problem, and then yeah, the attacking area is the is the uh, the next issue to tackle. Yeah, um, it's 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 a it's a work in progress, and as you say, Paul, you know. The, the goal was to finish mid-table and not go get relegated. Anything above that is gravy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I would just have to, I mean, it's just one of them. You get a bit greedy, don't you? You get a few wins. You get, like, back-to-back wins. How's that? It's the first time that's happened <laughs> in a while. And that was enough for us. Well, you never know here, like, the way some of the other teams are doing. We could just... Uh, well, that's know, the thing. You start to dream, don't you? A little bit. Yeah. <laughs> Say it as well after the game, isn't it always the way as well? If like just when you have that chat, if you'd have won, we'd have gone what sort of to seventh. It's just so Everton, isn't it? Just when you got that sort of chance. That was the thing. It was it was yeah. beating United, going above United, going above Liverpool. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, and the other the worst part about it was Ronaldo scoring the winner. Just that was oh yeah. <laughs> just always a way, isn't it? Just, every time there's that sort of like. Uh, I don't know, that that chance to sort of, oh, great, you can overtake Liverpool or you can do this. It's just, you just feel like, uh, Everton aren't going to do it. I'll always yeah. be the way, I think. <laughs> That's the thing. It, it felt like that sort of going into the game um, and then getting the goal early, you think, yeah, here we go. Obviously, what followed didn't feel you have any confidence, but the, the amount of people who'd started to pour out after that third goal went in, um, for it to then be overturned, you thought, oh, maybe, maybe we could just sneak something in, or maybe, maybe it'll be that that night. But it wasn't to be. Um, like you say, if uh, I don't think it's going to be like last season, where we're looking back at this result and going, oh my god, we needed those three points to make sure we were safe by May. It's it's we're not going to be in that position. No. Um, I think we all feel a lot more confident and being disappointed that maybe the players didn't show that same confidence early on. That's that's a sign of progress, isn't it, from last year? There weren't many times where we were disappointed getting beat 2-1 at home to a sort of so-called bigger side last year. It was it was more that we were losing eminently winnable games in a really worrying manner for a long period of time. So it's it's progress. Um there's gonna be bumps in the road, but um I think we we seem to be learning more and more about this team as we go through. Um, and I've, I've got every faith in the coaching staff that some of those little areas, some of those areas of confidence, some of those areas of end products and finding different ways to get results against different teams. I, I, I feel like we'll, we'll, we'll iron that out over the course of the season. So, um, so yeah, Europe it is, eh? <laughs> <laughs> just a... Um... Just to finish all that, just on a, a little bit of a funny story from from the day anyway, on uh, from the evening rather on Sunday was because uh, I'd gone over a few yeah some of the lads who always go to the game with them and I was it was actually our wedding anniversary me and my um my wife obviously we were in town getting some food that, uh, so I'd been there earlier that's by the by and then met met my mates afterwards and uh, some of my mates are Man United uh who were over and um, we had a few in town and as we were in the taxi going towards the match we'd heard Liverpool had gone three two down and said oh. We got time. Let's just catch. Let's get. Let's get a quick. Let's get. Let's get one more quick pint. 
in the uh, in one of the pubs. We went to the Hall of Castle, just got in and got a pint, just watched the last sort of five minutes, and obviously everyone was in there cheering on Manchester United or you know, or not cheering on Liverpool, basically. And full-time finally went, and uh, some fella, why why you'd go in there if you're a Liverpool fan? You just know it's going to be full of Evertonians. Plenty of other places you could, you could have gone to. But anyway, some fella stormed out. And everyone's like, hey, he said to me, mate, oh, you won't be, la- you won't be laughing you won't be laughing in, 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 in a couple of hours when, man, you batter you guys. He goes... I am a Man United fan. <laughs> the guy, and the guy just had like no comeback at all. He was just like, oh. <laughs> so yeah, that, that cracked us up. <laughs> any um, any further thoughts on on Spurs? Well, it's going to be tough, I think, isn't it? Obviously, um, you know. And anything that isn't, I don't mean to sound too negative, but any, any, you know, if we get anything from that game, I'll be really, really made up. I'm probably a little bit surprised if I'm honest. It's going to be very, very tough. It's uh, even in games away from home, it's probably never normally too easy. Um, you know, it's I don't know. Just their front three worry me so much. Just they can, it, it's it's so hard to keep them out. And I know we got good centre backs in there who who kind of relish them challenges. Obviously, you have to worry about Richarlison coming and scoring and and and, uh, and, sc- and scoring against us, and that's if you're not already worrying about Son and and um, and Kane Harry and Kane, everybody yeah. else. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's going to be very very tough. Um, we need to play a lot better than that um, than we did on Sunday if we're going to get anything there. Be interesting to see how we line up. Will he, you know, presumably try and try and hit them on the counter a little bit really. It's probably a bit of a shame why Anthony Gordon's uh, suspended because his pace yeah. would have been helpful. Um, yeah. That's just, I, I mean, again, might sound a bit, a bit negative and a bit defeatist, but if, if we can, you know, I'm just, I'm just hoping for the good performance, a good effort. You know, if we can go there and play, it wouldn't be difficult, but play markedly better than we did there last season and compete and uh, be in the game. Yeah, it sounds a bit negative. We can, if we can do that and uh, if we lose by the odd goal and we've had a bit of a go and there's been clear signs of improvement from the game that's just been, and particularly from last season then, I guess you're kind of happy enough, but if we can get something from that a draw and blimey even a win, then then fabulous. They're not infallible. They're, I mean, teams have turned Spurs over this season. They they have, they have dropped points. They, they, you know, I think the teams at the top as well, right through to pretty much the um, the World Cup now. They got you know they got a game midweek, then they got another one, you know, in um, at the weekend, and you know that it's really they've got big squads, but it'll be really testing their squads. So. Um, it's not. It's not impossible. Um, just uh, let's just hope that we give it a give it a good old go, and uh, let's see what we can get. Do I can I see it? Yeah, I'd say if uh, if we can improve on five nil and but tail up straight away, that'll be uh, yeah, that'll be something. Uh, I think um, I think yeah, like you say, keeping it very tight. Uh, because they, they've got so many options there. And they're just a very good side, aren't they? Uh, there's no getting away from that. Um, I think, yeah, hitting them on the break. I think these are the kind of games where Gray's unpredictability, uh, sometimes with his own decision-making in terms of what he thinks he's probably going to do and what he actually ends up doing, um, is where he tends to do well away from home. So, I, I feel like his pace on the break um, and someone else who we assume will be McNeil, um, if they if they can get get us sort of away from our from our half, because uh, I'm sure we're going to be under a lot of pressure um, 
and there's probably going to be a few nervy moments. But if we can, if we can look look to it on the break and hopefully um, create some chances for Mope, because as we said with uh, regards to the Manchester United game, he he really didn't get a kick and he he was being asked to do something that is not necessarily his game. He was sort of trying to hold it up and sometimes lay it off to someone. It, it just really wasn't coming off. So I think getting some more. Um, I, I think it might have been in one of the match reports uh, I read, but um, just get, get, getting the ball into a box a bit lower for him and trying some different things, getting that delivery in, which is something that I think Patterson was starting to do really well um, with his deliveries. Um, if we do more of that, um, give him a few scares and come away feeling like we had a go, I, th- I think that's that's probably what most people are expecting, really. Yeah. I couldn't disagree with any of that. Just yeah, keep it tight and see if you can, uh, if you can, you know, get a bit of luck or or get put something together. Yeah, come away with a point. That would be um, that would be a great result. If um the core fit, could you put them back in? I don't know. Maybe just thinking of how you could maybe alter, uh, how you could affect it with with moving moving the squad around. I don't know. Would it would it be I don't know sensible let's say to take an honour out of it maybe and like and have him as a as an option off the bench with half an hour to go or something like that. I'm just trying to think of different options which might or Davis just another body in there who's just gonna who can sit you know you can maybe play two two DMs it will be further forward but you're two mm-hmm. wing you know, and a bit more of a four five one sort of thing you know and uh might be if you you know and then you got your options like your Dominic Carvalhoans off the bench maybe if you're trying to you know chase the game or affect the game later on I'm just trying to think of a different option that yeah I, I don't know just uh is there another way to just rather than just doing the same thing and Maybe just trying to be a bit clever, rather than just doing the same thing, and we come out of it going, "Oh well, we had to go." Yeah, you know I mean, can we actually figure it a bit differently? Look what we did at Anfield last season. Yeah, you know I mean, like, and okay, we lost the game, but a lot of it, a lot of it down to a pretty, pretty damn awful decision given against us, which might have been, you know, which might have changed things and restricted Liverpool to not that much. You know what I mean? And then, you know, maybe we just got a bit better options now. Okay, there's no Gordon. Don't know. Maybe just change system a little bit and you know, tinker it a little bit more to. You know, to to maybe make it more defensive might be a prudent way to go about it because it feels like we're kind of saying, oh well, we're going to lose, but let's have a go. <laughs> I mean, so okay, can you just look at it a little bit of a different way? You know, I'm sure Frank's not thinking that way, but just uh, yeah, maybe maybe a little bit of a change that they won't expect. Yeah, it's not a bad shout. It's something something that's uh, something that's like a diamond when we're in possession, and then as you say, a four-five-one when we're when we don't have the ball. Um, with the Wobi, obviously, is the as the more forward player. Good work. Yeah. Yeah. That's fun to make them decisions, not me though. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right. Well, let's move on to our, our weekly question, uh, which this week has to do with long range goals in view of Alex Iwobi's beautiful strike, which unfortunately deserved to be a match winner, but uh, was a mere consolation at the end. Uh, so yeah, so your favourite Everton goal scored from outside of the area? Um, I'll go for the obvious one. Well, I think it's the obvious one. Uh, Jags, um, Jags in the derby. Um, there's quite a few others I could pick from, but I'll 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 see what you guys say. But in terms of sheer bolt out the blue, didn't see it coming, um, and for how defining it was um that was a, that, that was the one that stood out for me um it it's one of those that you never get tired of watching back uh you always enjoy yeah. seeing it it <laughs> never loses that 
novelty slash shock value you're always like that surely it's it's just it's rosehead <laughs> never going in um and and the look of sort of surprise and bemusement even on his face as he's done it mm-hmm. um yeah which which isn't to say that jags was a kind of hit and hope defender who couldn't strike a ball he, he scored goals he played further forward didn't he earlier in his career um he he, he could he could strike a ball but I'm, I'm sure he's never hit one as well as that before. It was it was an unbelievable goal um, at the perfect time, and uh, and I, I picked that one as well uh, just so I could mention that um, he scored at the weekend for Stoke uh, at the age of forty plus. Um, he did, yes. Um, in a in a win a win against Sheffield United, so still doing it, still still playing, um, not just at that age, but at a very high level as well, um, which shows how much he he clearly loves the game. Um, he's, he's he's certainly, and also that was his first goal uh, since the uh, since the win against Arsenal back in 2019. So uh, he's had a while to wait, but I think if you were to ask him still what his best goal was, uh, he'd say he'd say that one because it was uh, was sublime. How about you, Paul? Yeah, must be that must be his best goal, right? Um, I don't, yeah, I didn't know he'd score. Was it against, say against Sheffield United he scored this? Yeah, I, th- for, I, th- uh... I think he got an assist as well. Yeah, he, uh, oh, yeah. he, he, had, a, he had a real turn, but he's he's been playing playing consistently. I was I was looking through his stats. I think he he played about forty games last year for Derby and Stoke combined. So he's 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 still doing it. So good on him. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm full of admiration for players like that who just keep on going. And yeah, I mean, the easy thing would be to just to you know to call it a day and yeah yeah do something else, whatever. But like yeah, to just carry on and keep going as long as you can. That's uh, commendable. And yeah, what a player. Um, I don't know. I had to sort of just uh, revisit the question. Sorry, did you say best or f- or favorite? Sorry, I'm sorry, well, like a bit picky. You know, I think it's because there are so many that you could think of. I mean, picking a favorite. I was going to say this. Picking a favorite is hard. So just you know, some some of the some of the, the ones that you recall the most fondly, I suppose. All right, all right. Favorite then? I'll go favorite because it was uh, so important. You, you said um, I just wrote it down when you said that, like uh, about Jagielka. Hit and Hope, who couldn't strike a ball. Bobby Horn could not strike a ball. And <laughs> if, 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 if you're asking asking for a player who's going to hit and hope, um, then the, there's probably never been a more important hit and hope than than that against. Uh, maybe I'm maybe not giving him enough credit. It was a it was, it was a phenomenal strike. Um, um, yeah, obviously the one against Wimbledon in uh, in '94 was um, just. Because it was so 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 important, um, and yeah, I think that's one I just watched to death um, over and over again on like season review videos and whatever else. It was um, an incredible goal and just so so important. So that's probably the that would probably be my favourite one. Uh, best perhaps Rooney's from the halfway against West Ham United. Um, mm-hmm. Brilliant, and I loved. Um, it was Mac Fadden's against Charlton. I loved when he yeah. did, when he sort of fainted it and then volleyed it in. And uh, Guilfi Sigurdsson scored the wonder goal away at Leicester. I think when he uh, when he turned Madison and just let fly from about thirty yards. Oh, that's right. Yeah. The top yeah. corner. So they're the ones which came to mind. But favourite would be Barry Horn. Yeah, Barry Horn was on my short list. Obviously, for importance, Gareth Farrelly's in a yeah. similar vein and a yeah. similar How could I forget? equally, <laughs> equally important um, yeah. circumstances. <laughs> <laughs> um, I forgot. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then the one, um, I suppose the one, the first one 
from the this side of the millennium that I first thought of was um, Leighton Baines's free kick at Newcastle, which was just uh, yeah. brilliant, absolutely brilliant. Um, but the one that has always been one of my most favourite goals, um, apart from the one that Kanchelski scored at Highbury, this one was also at Highbury. It was in the 86-87 title winning season when Wayne Clark, um, he, I think it was the goalkeeper, was it... Um, who was the goalkeeper back then? Was it John Lukic? Who basically kicked it straight to him and he just floated it back over his head. And it was just, <laughs> yeah, so it's just a blind finish from a, from a player who was more of a, you know, more of, more of a fox in the box type, but he just pulled something special out of the draw. And that was obviously a, an important result on the way to our, to our last title. So that's, um, that's one that always sticks in my mind for some reason. But uh, yeah, there's plenty, uh, plenty to choose from, aren't there? Yeah. We spoke about Osman one uh, the other week as well, the sort of left-footed, slow motion outside the foot curler as well. That one, that one stands out in my head as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The McFadden one's a very good shout in terms of sheer technique um, against yeah. Charlton. That was that was an unbelievable goal. Yeah, I, mean, I think he's, he, he's got a few good uh, outside the box goals for Scotland, though, didn't he? Scored that one from like, the halfway line against France. But, oh, that's right, he did. Yeah, yeah. but um, yeah. yeah, he scored a similar one against. Was it Fulham? For us, I think. Mm. And Beatty scored a chip in the same game. He's like, Matt Fadden scored a wonder goal then. He scored yeah. a lot of good goals, Matt Fadden. Arteta's another one that came to mind as well. I remember one really good goal against Bolton when he just shimmied past a few players and banged it in. There's, yeah, there's, there's plenty of good ones. I had to revisit the archive and have a yeah. little look what, what there is. Cause, uh, Lee Carsley yeah. as well, in terms of a more... Carsley, not yeah. in hope, but <laughs> yeah, more heart, <laughs> heart than hope, yeah. Um I think yeah. one, yeah. It's like when I think of them, like sort of great goals. I always think of ones like where they where they winning goals. And I suppose I'm gonna say like Looney's against West Ham wasn't a winning goal. It was like the third and a final win or something like that, you know. But like uh, think about what where they winning goals. Um, and Mac Fadden's was in the last minute, and yeah, like that. And Barry Horns wasn't a winning goal, but it was a big, big contribution towards a winning goal, you know. So yeah. All right. Well, there you have it for another week. We may have a double dose of the Toffee Web pod next week, given that we're playing twice in the space of a few days. Uh, so hopefully, hopefully you'll check back in with us for that. Until then, all the best from Paul, Adam, and myself. Safe travels if you're making your way down to London this weekend. And of course, up the Toffees. Go past again. Always oh, giving it away. And Clark is there. And he scores! What a silly goal to give away. And what an opportunist first goal for Everton for Wayne Clark. Red faces in the Arsenal defence, not least from goalkeeper John Lukic. And a smile on the face of the Everton number nine. He comes away out of his goal, half hits it, and you'll notice he gives it up now. You can see that that's a perfect chip there by Wayne Clark. And Lukic can only stand and stare.
Here's McKeady. Out by Lovren. And foot back in by Phil Janielka. Bolt from the Everton Blue. A rocket of a derby goal. Stunning equaliser. 91 minutes. Sensational.